most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The bats, relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Welcome to the Week 11 Fantasy Flex Props Podcast presented by Prize Picks. I am your host, Chris Raybon, joined as always by my dude, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? Happy AJ Dillon week. Uh, it's finally AJ Dillon week, so I'm very happy uh, right now. Christmas comes early uh, to my my uh, dynasty team this week. So how are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. It's, uh, it is AJ Dillon week. I don't <laughs> think we've had this. We haven't had Never. this since. Yeah, because Jones actually managed to play all the games uh, last year. And uh, no, he, uh, it was Jamal Williams. Oh, yeah. Jones missed two games. I was all excited. And it was Jamal Williams. Uh, you called that. Uh, before the season started, but oh, finally, that's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. This you is for Friedman me and were. Friedman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You guys are AJ on the... Dillon Revenge Week. Yes. <laughs> oh, hey, only a year late. It's not not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so we will, uh, as usual, we'll do our top ten props. Uh, before we get into that, we will break down the Sunday Night Football showdown slate. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers going to the Chargers home to take on the Chargers. This is a Classic Steelers, ugly Mike Tomlin underdog spot. So, you know, keep that in mind. You know, I think Tomlin's something like set over 70% as an underdog against the spread from week three on, and he's won like 60% of the games outright. So just because you see the line and it's Chargers, I think minus five and a half, doesn't necessarily mean the game's going to go according to plan. Uh, so with that in mind, Sean, who do you like in the captain spot for this Steelers Chargers matchup. So on the Steelers side, it's it's kind of murky right now. We don't know if Big Ben uh, is going to be able to play. He's still on the COVID list. And then Chase Claypool, um, you know, he might come back from his injury. He might not. So either way, I'm going Najee Harris here. Um, you know, the Chargers ranked dead last in DVOA against the run. And we know Najee will get his touches. So I think he'll be efficient here as well. Um, so he's kind of a no-brainer on the Steelers side, in my opinion. And then Chargers side, uh, I'm gonna have to go with my boy Mike Williams. Like he he's bound to break out of this slump at some point. Um, he still gets a ton of high value targets. Only seven other pass catchers um, have seen seven or more end zone targets and 14 or more targets downfield. Um, so I think Mike Williams will get his. I think you know just lately Herbert has only had eyes for Keenan Allen. I understand that he's open on nearly every play, uh, but the Chargers are gonna have to get Mike Williams involved. And I think this is a spot. Um, he could have a big game. So I'll have uh, a lot of Mike Williams in the captain slot because I think he does have the higher ceiling uh, than Keenan Allen. Funnest thing about this Charger team is that they might have a receiver named Maurice French active, and he has two Fs in his name. So it's it's not... Former uh, Chiefs player, right? Right. It's not F-R-E-N-C-H. Yeah. It's F-F-R-E-N-C-H, <laughs> which is probably the weirdest spelling of something I've ever seen in my life. But uh, yeah, I agree with Najee. Uh, I think that's the guy for me. You know, I I try not to get too uh, cute on these showdown slates. Um, (laughs) I usually, you know, because, you know, you have so many of them throughout the course of the year that I try to take a stand and plant a flag in the captain spot. Uh, I'm not, you know, mixing up exposure too much, um, which, you know, when it hits, it hits. When it doesn't, it doesn't. But uh, I think Najee is the clear choice. 
if I had to pick a charger, I'd still go Keenan Allen uh, just because he's been so consistent. And I think he has, you know, against this Pittsburgh defense, it is a little bit banged up. Uh, I think, you know, they could kind of dink it, dunk it down the field. So uh, I'm still looking for that Mike Williams breakout. I, I do like the call, but I mean, I, I don't know. I think they're saying there's nothing wrong with his knee and it's not the issue, but it's got to be because he started so hot and just kind of tailed off precipitously uh, down the stretch. Uh, all right. Who do we like for our DFS Chico's? Uh, so on the, on the charger side, uh, Josh Palmer is the guy I said before the season started that it's only a matter of time before he passes up Jalen Guyton as the number three receiver on this offense. And it's admittedly taken it longer than I expected, but it seems to be coming. Um, you know, the past two games, Guyton's averaged about 45% routes run. Palmer's been closer to 35%. So I think this could be the game. Uh, where Palmer actually ends up playing more than Guyton. Um, you know, Palmer's a third-round pick. He's out of Tennessee. Uh, some people compared him like a Terry McLaurin, Michael Gallup. He has some talent, and uh, just, you know, being the number three receiver in this offense um, comes with some value. So I think just this is the time, this is the slate to kind of load up on Palmer before his potential breakout. Uh, so I'll have quite a bit of shares of Palmer here. And then on the Steelers side, again, we don't know if Big Ben's playing or if Chase Claypool's playing, but – I'm going to stick with James Washington here. Um, you know, he's he's a good deep threat, and he's the kind of player that can uh, break the slate on a single reception. I um, mean, he kind of did that uh, the other week uh, against the Bears, so I'm going to stick with uh, James Washington on, this, uh, on the Steelers' side. Yeah, I like the call for Palmer. That's the guy I was looking at. Uh, you know, he's closed the gap on Guyton. Brandon Staley made a comment about the lack of production from that mm-hmm. number three receiver uh, spot as something that's been – kind of slowing down this Charger offense. So um, I, I do like Palmer. I, I think that, you know, they're still trying to find these deep shots and 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 they're not getting them. So Guyton's becoming less valuable because it seems like week wide, everyone's playing the same defense that Brandon Staley loves to play on the other side, which is two deep safeties take away the, the deep shots and let teams have to make teams have to drive up and down the field. So I think that, you know, suits a guy like Palmer, uh, bigger target, a little better than a guy like Guyton who, uh, you know, he's out there just running wind sprints, essentially, or maybe he'll get like a handoff here and there. But, um, yeah, it hasn't been pretty. So it, Josh Palmer is definitely the guy for me. Like you said, uh, we don't know who's go- what's going on in the Steelers side yet. Uh, but we, we are in a showdown suite and the Chargers do like to play their tight end. So you also got to keep like Steven Anderson and uh, oh, not uh, Steven Parham. Yes. Yeah, Anderson plays fullback now a lot, like, you know, because. Gabe Neighbors, for whatever reason, I don't know. I don't know. Is he hurt or is he just being scratched? He was hurt. Yeah, okay. I think he was hurt. Um, it's a mixture of both, but yeah, I noticed that. in Trey McKitty, the rookie, um, out snapped Stephen Anderson in, in terms of a pass catching tight end. Yeah. But um, our our boy Donald Parham, former XFL legend. I mean, if he's not the uh, touchdown vulture of this like, I don't know who is. Yeah, if like he's gonna he's gonna <laughs> either he's got two true outcomes. It's like touchdown or penalty. Or, or a, <laughs> yeah. pen, a penalty that calls back someone else's touchdown. Like that, right. that's all Donald Parham does on the field. But yeah, I, I mean, I think one of those three guys is what I'm trying to say. Like they were, they were pretty close in routes run last game. I mean, Parham had 24% per drop back. Uh, McKitty 16, Anderson 11. It's kind of been flip-flopping, uh, you know, throughout the last two weeks. So I think all of them are kind of in, it, it, they're dark throws, right? But yeah, um, could fill out that last spot uh, in your lineup. All right. Uh, let's get into our props for week 11. What we like to do on this show is we look at the prize picks line. Uh, we take a quarterback prop, two running back props, and three receiver props. 
Uh, so Sean, start us off. Where are you going for QB? Uh, so I'm going with Joe Burrow over 255 and a half passing yards against the Raiders. Uh, this line seems like 25 to 30 yards too low. Um, you know, th- this doesn't seem like a tough matchup. The Raiders ranked 22nd in DVOA against the pass. I've talked about this game being a potential shootout all week. Um, I love stacking this game in DFS. So I'm going way over this. Burrow's gone over this total in seven and nine games. Um, one of the times he went under, he didn't have T Higgins. Um, and that was, you know, those two games were early in the season when the Bengals were a bit more run heavy. Uh, so I see no reason for this number to be this low. So I'm going way over this. Uh, yeah, having about 15, 20 yards over mm-hmm. uh, as well. Uh, I do think that it's interesting because I, I do think the Raiders actually match up well with the Bengals in this spot. Um, the Bengals average on, over three uh, yards less versus zone coverage uh, per attempt than man. And, and the Raiders obviously have to play zone. So maybe that's what they're taking into account. I don't know, but I t- I've taken that into account. Uh, and I still have this number, you know, in the 270s. So um, either way, there's there's value on this number here uh, at 255 and a half. Uh, all right. For my quarterback prop, I'm going Justin Fields over 30 and a half rushing yards. He's been over this in each of the past four games. And the reason is that we've talked about this. He wasn't scrambling at all, almost in his first four starts. Uh, usually we saw him around zero or one. And now he's scrambling, you know, five plus times per game here. Um, and, and it's clear this number in each of his last four. So uh, I'm expecting him to go over this n- again. I have it in the low 40. So I see quite a bit of value at this number uh, at 30 and uh, a half. Yeah. Like, like we said, like anything under 40 right now for fields uh, seems too low. So yeah, 30 and a half. Uh, I'm going over that as well. All right. Where are we going with our first running back prop? Uh, so I'm going with David Montgomery uh, over 49 and a half rushing yards. Um, you know, he was able to return from his knee injury just before uh, their week 10 bye, and he looked really good. And um, I was surprised to see how much he dominated uh, the rush attempts uh, between he and Khalil Herbert. You know, Montgomery had 13 carries to Herbert's four. Uh, so it looks like Montgomery is going to return to more of a workhorse role. He should be even closer to 100% following their bye. So I, I love him to go over this. Um, and, you know, he's gone over this number four out of uh, five games this year. So it's not like, um, you know, th- this line is too high or anything. but. Yeah, I'm, I'm projecting him closer to 60, uh, you know, 60 to 65 yards here. Um, I just think he has a much higher floor than I anticipated, um, you know, even heading into week nine. Uh, I thought it was going to be more of a split backfield, but um, I'm pretty confident that he'll go over this. Yeah, th- this number is kind of interesting. It seems maybe, you know, uh, I know Williams could be back. Maybe the books yeah. are worried it's going to be like a three-way thing. I, I don't think it's going to be much of, of a split at all. Baltimore is 15th in run defense DVOA, so they've been kind of mediocre. Uh, so, yeah, we got we got two Bears rushing over <laughs> already. Yeah, I think he, he probably does benefit, you know, from Justin Fields breaking out as a runner, too. Um, and interestingly enough, like the, the only game he went under this year, under this number, was Justin Fields' debut, where he only threw for 68 yards and they barely moved the ball. Um, so I think just Justin Fields playing much better is partly why I think, uh, you know, I love this prop. Yeah, and it should be one of those low-scoring, kind of mm-hmm. ugly games. I mean, Mar Jackson seems, uh, you know, they're giving him the every – like somebody said he's like setting the record for like non-COVID illnesses. Like it seems like every, <laughs> every practice he's just sent home with a non-COVID illness. Who knows what that means? Uh, but either way, it, this, this seems like one of those games where they're going to kind of keep it on the ground. Uh, all right, for my first running back prop, going to old reliable, 
uh, fading backs against the Saints. Jordan Howard under 37 and a half rushing yards. Uh, I have this in the low 30s, so I still see uh, quite a bit of value here. I think this already dropped from 42 and a half to 37 and a half. And even though Howard's been the weed back, when you kind of uh, divvy up the carries the way they've been doing it over these last three weeks between Howard, who's again been the weed back, and Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott, who's been more the backup, Gainwell hasn't really factored in too much. Uh, you still don't come out with this high of a number for Howard against the Saints defense. They're allowing just 2.9 yards per carry to opposing running backs, and they are number one in the league in run defense DVOA. So I know Howard's gone over this number, um, but the, it, it's kind of telling that that it's so the number is so low, even though Howard's been over this number uh, in each of the last three games, which is why, uh, and it's because of that Saints defense. So. I don't think that they come out with that same kind of game plan here uh, to just run the ball against this defense. No one's been able to do it. I mean, we, we saw Adrian Peterson and, and Foreman and all those guys try last week. Every week we see teams try to do it. Every week it seems like the books try to set these props low enough uh, and they still go under. So going with the reliable uh, Jordan Howard under 37 and a half rushing yards against the Saints. Yeah, this is like the perfect storm where you get to sell high on Jordan Howard and, you know, fade a running back against the Saints defense. But, you know, there's been no denying that Howard's been great uh, these past three games, but it's been just perfect game scripts for him. They had the two blowouts and then the, the one game against the, the worst run D in all football in the Chargers. So, uh, yeah, lo- love the Howard fade as well. I'm, I'm projecting this closer to like 33 and a half. Yeah. Uh, and, and he has a lower floor than that. Oh, yeah. He's got one of those like five yard, zero yeah. yard floors. <laughs> uh, all right, where are you going with your second running back prop? Uh, I'm going with Miles Gaskin over uh, 35 and a half rushing yards. Now, ever since Malcolm Brown went down in week eight, uh, carries really haven't been the issue uh, for Gaskin. He's seen 12 or more carries in the past three games, uh, but efficiency has been an issue. He's only averaged 2.2 yards per carry. So he's only gone over this number once since Brown went down. Uh, but I think he's going to bounce back here and positively regress. Um, closer to like a three and a half yards per carry. That'll be good enough here. But, um, you know, the, the Jets rank 31st in DVOA against the run. Dolphins are three and a half point favorite. So it could be more of a run heavy game script than we're used to seeing from them. And Sullivan Ahmed hasn't really mixed in as much as I thought he would. And Patrick Laird is really just the pass catching back. So I think most of the carries are going to go to Gaskin. Um, so 35 and a half, that's not a real high bar to clear. Um, so I think he goes over this pretty easily. Yeah, I, I had this circled uh, as well. Listen, I know Gaskin's been inefficient, and he's actually been mind-numbingly inefficient. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's getting to that that level of remember Kalen Balaj a couple years ago, yeah, he averaged like you know point point negative point one yards a carry or something <laughs> like that. It seemed like, um, but again, this Jets defense is not very good, so I still have Gaskin, you know, right around four yards per carry. Again, there's a lot of regression in that in that number, and. I am projecting him for 13.8 carries. So yeah, I have this in the, in the low fifties. So I see quite a bit of value on this. Um, Again, not when you look at the game logs, you get a little queasy, but you know, if you're just being realistic about how many carries he's going to get, I mean, he could bust like, you know, one, one decent run, not like a, you know, a 15, 20 yarder. And he probably gets over this number. So uh, yeah, I like this one as well. All right. uh, For my second running back prop, I'll go with a running back in this same game. Michael Carter under 31 and a half receiving yards. He's been under this number in five out of his nine games. But this is really about the matchup and the circumstances that uh, are now happening with this Jets offense. So you have Miami who blitzes at the second highest rate in the league, 38 percent. 
And what that does is that usually forces, uh, you know, quarterbacks to audibles to keep the back end in protection, um, you know, more than most teams. You're also getting a lot of man coverage when you're blitz and, and running backs are more often than not going to catch the majority of their passes against zone coverage, you know, just underneath as a check down uh, against man coverage. Usually you take that shot down the field. So that's number one with the matchup. But then you have Joe Flacco starting for the exact reason that Miami is a pretty blitz heavy team. So you're going with Joe Flacco here. His average at the target last year was 11.3. Now, these last few games, it's been Mike White. His average at the target is 6.4. Before that, you had Josh Johnson. His was 7.7. And Zach Wilson's 9.1. See, every quarterback that Carter has played with has had between a two and five yard difference in target depth compared to, to Flacco, who, again, likes to push it down the field. So He's not the type of guy that's going to just check down to his back. Never really has been that, that type of player. So I have this projected in the low 20s rather than the low 30s. Uh, have, still have Carter getting about three catches. But, you know, running backs average about seven yards, seven, eight yards for catch on average. So uh, I have this one in the low 20s, 31 and a half. I'm going under for Carter for receiving yards at 31 and a half. Yeah, I'm with you there. I have him uh, three catches for 21 yards. Uh, so it sounds like we're in line there. And, yeah, I think it was mostly Mike White. Uh, just being a checkdown machine uh, really fueled Michael Carter's breakout. I still like him in fantasy as an RB two, but um, you know, he's, he still splits time pretty evenly with Ty Johnson as a pass catching back. And last week, you know, Tevin Coleman returned and uh, I think he ate into his uh, passes just enough uh, to lower this even more. So yeah, I, I love the under 30 and a half as well. Yeah. Carter's been getting, he's still getting the rushing workload, mm-hmm. yep. but the, 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 when it comes to being a receiver, it's kind of split a little more put up a little more all right where are we going with the first receiving prop uh so i got one more over for you than i promise i will have an under uh but i'm going over 32 and a half receiving yards for tyler boyd uh against the raiders this partly has to do with um you know me being 25 yards above the market for joe burrow's uh passing yard prop but um you know so it correlates well with that but you mentioned that you know jamar chase uh has been a little bit less productive against zone defense this year the raiders play zone at the sixth highest rate so I think this could be a good spot for Boyd. And he's the kind of guy, he, he has a really high floor. So 32 and a half yards um, isn't much for him to clear. And like I said, I think this is going to be a shootout. I don't think the Bengals are necessarily going to get into a run heavy uh, game script. Um, so I think, you know, Boyd, I, I think a safer projection for him would be closer to be 43 and a half. Uh, so I'm over 10 yards over this market. So I think there's a ton of value um, and love stacking this with uh, Burroughs prop as well. Yeah, I have this in the low 40s. As well, that seems like a very conservative line for Boyd. I know he's had a couple ugly games, but in this spot, you got to think that um, he should get, you know, I think his his catch, his reception prop is like three and a half. I think that's low as well. Um, yeah. I have him closer to four catches. So I agree. I think he, he kind of pencil in four catches for, for 10 or 11 yards and you get to, you know, 40 to 45, uh, you know, yards for, for a median there. So um, I'm over this one as well. Uh, for my first receiving Prop. I'm going with Trey Quan Smith under 37 and a half receiving yards. And this is another one of those matchup based props that he's been a little bit over this the last couple of games. But you look at the Eagles, every podcast we seem to mention that they played zone at one of the highest rates in the league. And we try to find a way to uh, uh, to get an edge in the, in the market, you know, based on that. And look at Trey Quan Smith, only 29.4 percent of his targets have come and get zone coverage this year. And to put that into perspective, most defenses are playing zone coverage at 
uh, about a, a two thirds clip. Like you're playing man about a third of the time. So the average wide receiver should still be in that, you know, 50 plus percent range uh, against zone coverage, you know, um, on average. So to, get, to go as low as 30%, you're entering like Brian Edwards territory here. <laughs> and, and we've seen Edwards completely disappear uh, against teams that, that go zone heavy and, uh, and then like reappear again against teams that go man heavy. So I think you could see that this week with Traquan Smith. He's not on the, you know, the, the, the New Orleans turf. He's outdoors in Philly again. That's uh, the second, what is it? Second straight road game, I believe it is for, for the Saints. So uh, I think you'll see kind of a disappearing act here. Nothing against Traquan, uh, yeah. but you know you can't really trust Saints receivers. I mean, you just gotta kind of take it. And, and we both <laughs> like Deontay Harris here, so uh, yeah. and with, whose line is around the same. So if I had to pick, it's unlikely that two Saints receivers are clearing thirty-eight yards. And I, it's crazy <laughs> as that sounds to say. And if I had to pick one, it'd be uh, Deontay Harris or or Callaway even. So going Traquan under thirty-seven and a half. I have this in the uh, in the low thirties. Yeah, I, I really love this prop, and I was probably a week. Uh, early on it because I had the same bet last week and he finished with 44. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you said, th- this is a bad matchup for him. I think that the three guys that are going to benefit the most um, from the Eagle zone coverage would be Alvin Kamara if he plays, Adam Troutman and Deontay Harris. Um, so yeah, I, I think Traquan Smith has a, he's much more likely to hit his floor this week. And that's what I thought was going to happen last week. Um, so yeah, I love this prop. I'm projecting it similar to you, lower 30s uh, as well. Yeah, and we might even get uh, – this is when you might want to wait until closer to kickoff because you might even get a better number of Camaras out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, they, the books might even raise it up a, a couple of, of yards, even though I don't think it's warranted again. He just it's the, it hasn't been there against this type of scheme uh, for – Are you um, are, are you projecting uh, Trevor Simeon for closer to like 95% of dropbacks now? Yeah, he's in that he's – yeah. he's still not as high as other quarterbacks. Like I think yeah. I still have Taysom for – maybe two, two to three pass attempts. But yeah, it's been slowly creeping up, uh, even though I'm, I still don't think it's that secure. Like, uh, you know, right. the, the thing is, Taysom is, um, it looks like he might not play this. So that that kind of changes, obviously. Uh, all right. Yeah, yeah, but just, I, I mean, going back to last week, I, you and I were probably both yeah. projecting for like 65, but he's played well enough. And yeah, Taysom Hill's banged up that uh, it's it's raised my passing projections overall, but it, they're not going to Trey Smith is what I'm getting at. All right, uh, we're going for our final receiving prop for week 11. So I'm going with uh, Michael Pittman under 61 and a half receiving yards. Uh, This is just a brutal matchup in general. Uh, The the Bills defense has been um, shutting out receivers all season. They've only allowed four different receivers to clear 65 yards this year. So this is a a tough matchup for Pittman. Um, And his 76% 76 catch rate, is due for regression because based on his a dot of around 11 and a half yards, um, you'd typically expect a receiver to catch a ball, you know, 63.5% of the time. Um, now, granted, I think Pittman is way above average at this point. Um, but you know, I'm expecting some regression uh, for his catch rate and it could happen this week. So either way I'm projecting him closer to the mid fifties. I just think it's a tough spot for this Colts offense in general. Um, and especially Pittman. Yeah, I have him in the low 50s. Uh, my my projections for Carson Wentz go way down against yeah. this Bills defense. I mean, you know, even in games where the regardless of what the Bills offense is doing, uh, that that defense has been pretty stout uh, pretty much all year. They can man up on Pittman. They can use White. I mean, there's a lot of different things that they they can do. So you know, Pittman is like a he's like 
kind of a mid-tier wide receiver three this week. And he's been in that, you know, high-end wide receiver two range most of the year, but I have him as number 32 in terms of wide receivers uh, for week 11. So yeah, I'm down on him as well. Uh, I'll close it out with uh, your specialty. Take a stud elite pass catcher and take an under. (laughs) I'm going Darren Waller under 64 and a half receiving yards. Uh, Just to play on the number here, he's been under this in five out of eight games. Cincinnati is allowing just 44.8 schedule adjusted receiving yards per game to the tight end position. That is 10th lowest. So, you know, we we haven't seen these monster games from Waller this year. That really hasn't changed to too much of an extent, uh, whether, you know, Ruggs has been in the lineup or or not. I just think defenses are really kind of, they're gearing up to stop Waller and you're still getting the catches here. You know, you're still getting, you know, five, six catches, but just not getting those big plays down the field for, for Waller. Those tend to be covered up. So 64 and a half is a big number for him, uh, given what we've seen out of him uh, for this season. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I like this one as well. Um, he's only gone over this number three times, I believe. Yep. And one of them was 65 yards, so barely went over. Um, so yeah, I'm about eight yards below the market on this one. Um, and yeah, if like a guy like Deshaun Jackson uh, were to play a bit more here, catch a deep ball and continue running the correct direction, um, those kind of things will there's <laughs> a uh, yard. So a lot going against him here. And th- yeah, I, I think this matchup is going to be a shootout, uh, but he definitely doesn't have an easy matchup. So I think it's going to be another Hunter Renfro game, possibly Josh Jacobs. But yeah, uh, I think Waller's shown that he has a low enough floor this year to kind of fade him in spots like this. Yeah, I mean, it's this is this could be a shootout, and it's interesting because even if we do get a shootout, uh, it might not all come with receiving yards. It might be a lot of penalties. Jerome Boger is going to be the ref mm. for this game. In his career, the over is 118, 81, and 1, 59%, uh, according to our Action Labs data. He's one of the most profitable over referees. So could see some penalties, which could help, you know, uh, you know, Waller stay under this number. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. We'll do two each for week 11. Sean, what's your first Prize Pick Elite Entry best bet for week number 11? So I have a nice little uh, Bengals stack, so I'm breaking out the Bengals hat here, but the, the first leg of this Bengals stack is Joe Burrow to go over 255 and a half passing yards against the Raiders this week. Uh, he's gone over this number seven of nine games uh, this season. And one of those games that he went under, he didn't have T Higgins. Um, so I, I love his his floor in this matchup. It should be a shootout. Uh, the Raiders rank 22nd in DVOA against the pass. Um, I'm projecting this for 25 yards over this. Uh, I'm projecting him at 280. Uh, so love the over here. For my first prize pick the lead entry, best bet for week number 11. Going with Justin Fields, over 30 and a half rushing yards. He's been over this each of the past four games. He scrambled at least five times in each of the past four games after barely scrambling over the first four. So I think that's going to make a difference in him being able to get over this number. I have this, uh, I hear about 40. Don, where are you going for your second uh, prize pick for week 11? So I'm going with uh, Tyler Boyd over 32 and a half receiving yards. Um, you know, part of this is due to me projecting Joe Burrow for 25 more yards than the market. Um, but also, you know, this has to do with Jamar Chase. Uh, he, he tends to be a little bit less productive against 
zone coverage, the Raiders, uh, you know, run zone at the sixth highest rate. So I think uh, it could open the door for Boyd to have a big game. Um, and either way, you know, 32 and a half yards is not a high bar for him to clear. And he's typically, you know, a high floor pass catcher where we can bank on five to seven targets um, for him uh, pretty much every game. So uh, while he's probably the forgotten guy in this like dynamic trio of receivers, um, he still has one of the higher floors. Um, as a number three receiver, and I'm projecting him closer to 43 and a half. So I think this prop is about 10 yards too low. Yeah, you're getting Tyra Boyd, a number three receiver, at 32 and a half receiving yards. So I got to go Michael Carter, a running back, under 31 and a half receiving yards against the Dolphins. You got Joe Flacco starting. His average depth of target is five yards higher than Mike White. It's about three and a half yards higher than. Josh Johnson is a couple yards higher than Zach Wilson. So he does not like to check it down. Miami also blitzes at the second highest rate in the league, which gives you man coverage down the field and forces the running back to stay in the poor blitz pickup. So I think this number uh, is a little bit too high here. I have this in the low 20s. Carter's been under this again in five out of nine. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for our prize pick. Elite entry segment for week 11. To recap, Sean's going with Joe Burrow over 255 and a half passing yards and Tyler Boyd over 32 and a half receiving yards. I'm going Justin Fields over 30 and a half rushing yards and Michael Carter under 31 and a half receiving yards. As a reminder, prize picks markets do move. So you want to get on it quickly in order to lock in the best numbers. If you have not created a prize picks account yet, check out the link in our episode description and they will match your first deposit up to $100. Or you can visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code ACTION10. That's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0. That is going to do it for our Week 11 Props podcast. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore odds maker and you can find me on twitter at chris raybon you can find us at those same handles in the free award-winning action network app where you can follow all of our bets including our player prop bets and track yours you can find our fantasy football content projections and rankings at actionnetwork.com and our dfs content tools and models at fantasylabs.com until next time get this money